Welcome to Soccer Talk, a podcast about soccer, mostly in Iowa, presented by Kick It Forward. Kick It Forward is a positive disruptor to the Iowa soccer community. Thanks to our sponsors, Scott Insurance Services and Michael Keener, Attorney at Law. You need legal help? You need insurance help? Those are the two to contact. That's right. Welcome to the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Iowa soccer supporters. Welcome to Soccer Talk. I'm Ben Brackett here with my good buddy and co-host, Blake Sievers. Siebs, what's up, man? Ben, good to be uh, good to be with you. Good afternoon. We're in the lair for those that want to watch it on YouTube, kind of see. That's right. Third time's a charm. This is our, our third take on this because I keep botching it. So uh, hopefully we won't, uh, we won't have a, a fourth. So yeah, we'll just move on from letting you talk and go, well, why don't you introduce go us to our uh, to our guest who, um, pretty cool little interview we have coming up for everybody. Um, one, before we, can we just plug our supporters club a little bit to get some swag? All of our swag is in. You got a pint glass, scarf, sticker, coasters, magnet. All the good stuff, yeah. Uh, and I mean, I don't know, we've been packaging them up, sending them out. 20 bucks, one time, one time annual fee. If you want to join the supporters club, um, there's our little marketing piece. Our marketers and our social media group will be happy. I think we've plugged that, Ben. Yes, good job, Blake. So now we get to uh, get to the good stuff, get to our guest today, who is the most, uh, of all of our guests, this one has been on the most podcasts, which is <laughs> That's a, true. a big deal for us. That's true. Veteran. Also, also one of the more accomplished players we've had um, played with the national team and, uh, you know, won MLS cup and has been a part of all sorts of successful MLS teams played in Europe champions league with a, a Danish first division side, super league side. Um, what else? Uh, should we introduce him? Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, let's welcome Michael Parker's to the pod on to chat with us about the central falls mini pitch project that we're doing outside of Providence, uh, with project gold. All right, Michael Parkhurst, welcome to the pod. How are you doing today? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me on. We're excited to have you. Uh, we, we talk a lot about how like we have big guests. Um, and I think now, and now I think this you might now be the biggest. Congratulations. Wow, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, uh, I'm we sure don't have a, uh, we don't have a, you don't have a lot of competition, unfortunately. <laughs> I figured if, if, if I'm the biggest guest, I figured either the pod is young or uh, the guests have been, I don't know. Not, <laughs> not famous. Well, certainly, yeah, so, I mean, what, what, what's, what makes you stand out would be your, your national team career, which we'll, we'll chat about, I'm sure. Um, we're assu- I'm going to just go ahead and assume that you haven't listened to uh, any of your, your colleagues' episodes and that you haven't listened to Soccer Talk before. I haven't. Oh. Okay, well, so we always ask the first question. So I'll just, the same first question. Blake, you want to take it? Yeah. Um, is this the first pod you've ever been on? No. So most of our guests, the answer is yes. <laughs> what, are, what, uh, what are some of the pods you've been on that we like to give our guests a chance to like shout those out? And, you know, maybe we'll direct some people to those uh, or, you know, help them find them. And you put me on the spot here. Um, 
Well, one thing I can tell you straight off the bat, which obviously you're getting to know right now, is I am terrible with names. And that is names of people, names of restaurants, names of podcasts, everything. <laughs> so uh, I could not tell you the names of some of the podcasts, which is terrible because I, I enjoy doing them and I don't view it as like a chore or anything. I like talking soccer and talking to different people and stuff, but the names of some of the things is... We'll, we'll have one of our interns look it up or something hey, for you. There you go. Uh, that's, that's you, you, big, you big timers must have some minions that uh, can do that type of work for you, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. Good. Lots of lots of minions. Um, well, so, you know, again, thanks for coming on to chat with us. Um, the the mini pitch project is really kind of what's bringing us together uh, out in Central Falls in Rhode Island. Um, but what we usually like to do on this, uh, this show, no matter who our guest is, whether it's um, a youth soccer player or a retired pro or a coach or whatever, we like to just get your sort of soccer origin story. Um, and I, I mean, I know you in some fashion grew up in Rhode Island, but, um, but why don't you kind of, was did it start for you in Rhode Island or where did it all begin? Yeah, sure did. Yep. I grew up in Cranston, Rhode Island, and uh, I started playing soccer when I was uh, probably six, seven years old. And um, first in the family to play, just, uh, I don't know why they signed me up. I think I just, I had too much energy. Uh, they wanted me to get out and run around. I mean, that was back at a time when, like you guys know, I mean, it was just moms and dads out there coaching. Nobody had a clue, um, you know, what, what they were teaching. Um, it was just out there having fun and, and kicking the ball. And um, at the time I was, I was pretty quick. And so I enjoyed it and I uh, was able to keep up with some of the older kids and, uh, I love scoring goals. And I think that's what got me into soccer um, when I, at a younger age. And um, I played baseball as well. I loved baseball. Baseball was probably my number one sport for a little while. Uh, I grew up a huge Red Sox fan. Uh, my dad was into baseball. So um, I played both sports up until high school. Um, and I was in Rhode Island up until high school. And so I, I grew up playing Bayside United and uh, loved oh, nice loved soccer indoor soccer in particular uh just really loved it i remember we traveled uh, a little bit for some tournaments and we had gone down to atlanta for a couple national championship tournaments down there and uh we just had a really good team really close team guys that i'm so close with today um so yeah that was that's where my love of the game came from for sure that's cool well uh, you said you were in rhode island through high school did you did you go somewhere else at high school or uh, high school age? Were you, yes. you were, were you were you a prep school kid? <laughs> I was going to be a LaSalle Academy kid, um, my uh, which is a, a private school in Rhode Island. But um, at, at the very last minute, I got an opportunity to go to IMG uh, Academy down in Bradenton, Florida. And so I couldn't pass up that opportunity. And so I took it and I went down there and I stayed down there for all four years. Um, and I, I loved it. I mean, we were playing soccer every day. I was going to school from like eight to 1230. And then, you know, on the soccer field by 230 every day with games on the weekends and stuff. So uh, it was awesome. I, I loved it. It had to be kind of when that Bradenton first opened up around there, right? Yeah, it was. I mean, I, I've been there a few times as a pro just for preseason camps and stuff and geez Luis it's it's uh it's crazy what they have going on over there I mean it was nice back then 
but it was bare bones to what it is today. I mean, and, and football wasn't there yet and track and field. And now it's like such a go-to place for all these elite athletes in high school. Yeah. That must've been kind of an interesting atmosphere. Who, what other, uh, like there have to have been some other players there that we would know at the time. Um, or is this where, is this where you're going to not remember a single person's name? <laughs> no, Heath Pierce was down there when I was there. Um, national team wise um the kids that were down there was like eddie johnson uh santino quaranta um mike mcgee uh that was my age group those were the, those were the guys that were down there at the time you in 84 84 maria okay. sharapova was down there when i was down there she was hey she was, uh, uh, uh yeah we're we're 84s as well oh nice so yeah we i think Maybe the furthest we ever got was like an ODP regional tournament or whatever, but you know, we wouldn't have, so we probably wouldn't have come across you, but still. Gosh, those ODP days, man, those, those hot summer days in dorms doing uh, those ODP tryouts, man, I still remember those. Well, you know, we, we always, we talk about uh, remembering uh, like waking up early to go down and like see your name on the, like on the actual roster. Like if you made the pool game and like you were, you literally like, otherwise you might i mean you're basically just getting cut you're waking up to see that you got cut basically yeah if you're me or blake <laughs> i know it's a pretty pretty cutthroat at a younger age i guess jeez um <laughs> yeah, man, that's, man i still remember those days goodness me no, no air conditioning at region one i remember it's just oof. so then you went to wake right yeah, yeah. From high school, went over to Wake, uh, got recruited there, and I wasn't highly recruited. It it, it was basically Wake and uh, Brown. I was and gonna say I heard you were a, a Brown recruit. Yeah, Jeff Lorenowitz actually was my host when I went to Brown. Uh, <laughs> on Jeff. Well, how how is Jeff as a host? <laughs> I I would get just knowing Jeff, especially Jeff at the time, and having seen him host other recruits, he probably didn't care that much, did he? I think what happened was they went to a party and me, yeah. <laughs> me and another recruit were handed some money and said, Hey, why don't you go over to this bar for a little while and hang out? <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So, so, so wake, you decided wake was maybe a better for your soccer career. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, Brown had a good program um, and it would have been nice to go closer to home because I had been away. It came down to scholarship. I mean, Wake was going to give me a scholarship and, you know, Brown being the Ivy League couldn't. And uh, I wasn't the brainiac that could have gotten, um, you know, that much financial aid um, that way. Uh, so, yeah, chose Wake and, you know, I probably underestimated the program prior. Um, and when I got there, we had a, a, a super strong team. My, my freshman year, I think maybe nine or 10 out of the 11 starters played professionally. And uh, we, we had a really, really good team, a really good program. And, you know, we probably, during my time there, we changed it probably. We helped accelerate it for, to be one of the top programs in the country and still is today. Yeah. I remember that, that was, uh, you guys were like, weren't you final four team back then? Should have been. I, I never, I never made the final four. And I think, I think all three of my years there, we were number one ranked going into the tournament and we, we choked every year. <laughs> That'll happen. Yeah. Uh, very cool. All, so then all roses all the time. No, no, no. So it's funny that you mentioned Jeff, um, cause your guys careers have sort of, uh, intertwined and 
sort of flirted around each other for a long time. Um, talk a little bit about what it was like, you know, getting drafted out of school. And I mean, because that was a, at, at the time, I mean, that was uh, like that was the way into the MLS, right? It was to, to get just the super draft, right? Yeah. Yeah. There was no homegrown deals at the time or anything like that. So it was all super draft. And I, I was a project 40, is that what it was called? No generation Adidas. Um, so I had came project out. 40 was before that. That was, that, like... was the, that was the first generation Adidas class that had just changed over. Um, yeah. So I had come out of school after midway through my junior year and yeah, I got drafted. I, you know, draft day is kind of crazy. I, I thought I was going to go to LA um you know I had no idea where I was going but then I, I thought I was going to LA and then you know all of a sudden you end up on the other coast and I got lucky that uh got drafted to New England which obviously was a hometown team for me and uh and in a great situation I mean they had Stevie Nichol as a coach who was the ultimate players coach you know I mean, he was you know old school English Scottish guy who was like, you know, work hard for these two hours. And then I don't care what you do the rest of the 22 hours a day. And in fact, I'll look at you a little cross-eyed if you don't enjoy yourself and go out and, you know, enjoy life. But uh, yeah, it was, it was a good locker room as well. We've talked to, to Jeff a little bit about those, those, uh, that team in particular. And that sounds like it, there are a lot of characters ton yeah it was i mean for jeff and i it was such an awesome locker room to go into it was uh really heavy with uh, american veterans and and good people good guys and and talented as well i mean you think of dempsey and, and twelman and noonan and ralston i mean these are guys that are you know famous throughout mls history for for being some of the top talent so yeah it was an, it was an awesome locker room we enjoyed it I was playing back home, moving back, um, playing in front of friends and family. Probably hadn't seen you a whole lot. Yeah, for sure. It was really nice. Um, yeah, I had moved out when I was 13, and that was, you know, basically the first time I'm playing back home. Um, so it was nice. I mean, the the downside was tickets were always a pain in the butt, but <laughs> the, good thing, the good thing was, I mean, we were playing at Gillette Stadium and, you know, on a good night, you had 15 or 16,000 out of 60. So, um, you know, even though there were a lot of ticket requests, you could usually get your hand on a few extra tickets, but it was nice. Uh, it was, it was nice to have family, um, in the stands for it in tailgates after the game, stopping by those. Uh, and you know, that was a, a younger time in my career was when we were able to go out and enjoy ourselves after games. So it was nice to have buddies uh, from high school that I hadn't, hadn't really got to hang out with uh, in a long time. Yeah. You were probably like on, maybe not league minimum, but even then you wouldn't have been on a lot of money as even as like a generation Adidas guy. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I was a, a rich rookie back then where I was making, right. like, I was making like 30 K. Yeah. Sorry. It's in the big city too. It's not like you're in uh middle of nowhere, West Virginia or something. No, exactly. And that's why I stayed out by the stadium in Mansfield, Massachusetts, you know, 30 minutes south of Boston, because it was just too expensive to live in Boston. I mean, at the time, most of our guys were living with host families. Clint Dempsey was with a host family. Shalry Joseph was with a host family. It's crazy. Um, you know, it's, it's nuts. It's, it's testament to the league, how far it's come. Yeah. Well, so you, so I think the thing that's kind of cool about your career um, 
is, you know, like you've, you've played at the top of the game and been successful, but then you, you had your little stint and, you know, like went, went to Europe. Um, and what, how old were you when you did that? You must've been what, 24, 25. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere right around there. Was, yeah. 24. Talk about that kind of experience, just like as like a, a young man um, having, I mean, cause you'd had success with the refs. Um, you got, had you, were you there when, I mean, you were there for the, the, the championship game uh, losses. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and then yeah, off you went. Three in a row. Yeah. yeah three in a row. And then uh, yeah, times time, you could tell times were changing in new England and um, you know, we had lost three straight finals and then my fourth year uh, we kind of barely got into the playoffs and you know, there was front office issues and, and things were just changing. And, and I thought, you know what, if I don't go to Europe now, if I sign a new deal, I'm never going to go and I'll be too old by then. And so, um, you know, just wanted the opportunity to go there and see what it was like and see if I could hang and, um, just get the experience of living abroad and, uh, really glad I, I did it and glad my wife supported me in that. And we went over there and, you know, stayed over there for five years and had both our kids over there. And, uh, it worked out for me. Right? I mean, I went to a smaller club in Denmark and I was hoping to go to a bigger league. Uh, I wanted to go to a bigger league at the time, but um, the options weren't there. You know, MLS wasn't what it is now. And uh, so I had to settle in Denmark and a small club in Denmark at that. I mean, we, we fought relegation my first two seasons there, which is a whole new experience. And then we went on a, a, an incredible run and we won the championship and that qualified us for champions league, which, which led me to play in the group stage in champions league, which is, you know, every kid's dream. Yeah. How cool is that? What, what was it like walking out with the, with the music? My God. Yeah. I mean, which is better the national anthem or the champions league music? <laughs> Probably the champions league music. I mean, the national anthem, you hear it every game in the U S you know, obviously you hear it at high school games. Yeah, exactly. I mean, obviously it means a little bit more when you, you're wearing the U.S. jersey and it's for a national team game, but the Champions League music is so rare and, you know, you grew up watching it, you know, on Tuesdays and Wednesdays and you hear it. And, uh, I don't know, it's just a different type of goosebumps walking out to that. Yeah, I bet. How, so, so you had success ahead, like, over there. Yeah, so you had success over there. How uh, coming back to the U.S., what, um, what kind of triggered that? Yeah, I wasn't playing in Germany. So I had moved from Denmark to Germany and uh, was was really excited about that. Was playing in the Bundesliga and um, got put in a situation where the sporting director brought me in and the head coach didn't really favor me. Um, and so it, did, it didn't work out for me there. And I still had a role within the national team at that time. And the World Cup was upcoming. And so I needed to get out in order to have a chance at making the World Cup. Uh, I knew that if I had stayed, I didn't have a chance of making the World Cup team. Uh, if I didn't have, if I wasn't in that position of having an opportunity, I would have just stayed in Germany because we were enjoying the life and I was uh, making the most money I'd ever made and was, you know, hopeful that I could get back in there. Um, but 
as it was, I wanted to give myself that shot at, at the World Cup. And so I came back to MLS looking for playing time and uh, landed in Columbus, Ohio, where I knew no one, um, you know, and, and didn't know what was going on here in Columbus. And But Greg Berhalter was the coach and he, he was fantastic to work with. That's super interesting. That uh, So you were for the national team at the time you would have been playing for Jurgen Klinsmann, right? Correct. And you had a pretty good little stint in there where you were, I mean, I know you were playing in the gold cup and you were like, you were in the mix. Um, and then interesting that you come back and you end up playing for Greg Berhalter in Columbus, who's now the coach. That's, that's ironic. I think. Yeah, for sure. You know, and I was fortunate. I had some good coaches along the way, but Greg was definitely up there. I'm not surprised he's the national team coaches. I mean, tactically, he's very, very good and he's very detail oriented. And I learned a lot uh, working under him. Out of curiosity, how did you end up back in Columbus? Did they have your rights or was Yeah, so New England still had my rights, um, but I... I had some conversations with Jay Heaps was the coach at the time and I've got a good relationship with Jay. I like Jay and we played together. Um, but I told him, um, you know, I, I prefer not to play for new England. I, I don't want to go back and play for new England. The organization, um, just isn't run the way that I, I wanted to play for an organization and I'll leave it at that. But, um, you know, I wanted to go somewhere else. So, and I told Jay, I said, we had some good conversations and I said, Hey buddy, it's not, it's nothing against you. But, uh, so Columbus had to trade for my rights. And then, um, when I, Greg had just called me out of the blue, um, when I was in Germany and asked if I wanted to come back and would I have interest going there? And I said, sure, if you can make it happen with new England. And, um, he did. So, um, yeah, that's how I ended up there. So then, well, I mean, without without talking about because you didn't get to go to the World Cup, is that like a big disappointment for you? Yeah, for sure. One of the biggest in my career, definitely. I was I was in the thirty man camp, um, so I was one of the six, no, one of the seven guys cut. Oh, when they chose the twenty three for the World Cup. Uh, so yeah, that was that was a tough one for sure, uh, especially since you know I'd come back to MLS in hopes of making that World Cup team, and I thought I had a really good chance but uh, it wasn't meant to be. How is it, I, how is it at, at camp um, when you're battling? I mean, guys are on, on the same team as you. It's just interesting, right? You hadn't had that in years probably where you're fighting for spots, let alone yeah. to actually make the squad. Yeah, it's challenging for sure because Jurgen is such a team guy. He loves – uh, players that are good for the team and have good attitudes and stuff like that. So, um, you know, there's definitely a balance of, of competing and um, working hard, but at the same time knowing, hey, you know, he could be a teammate of, of mine and, you know, in a week or two weeks and we're, we're playing at the World Cup together, but he also could be the guy that kicks me out of my spot of having a chance at a World Cup. So, yeah, it's a little challenging and, uh, you know, mentally, uh, but you know, I think that at that level, when there's just the 30 of you, you know, I think you've got that respect of like, hey, it's going to be one of us. And it's not really um, the other guy's fault or, or anything like that. You know, it's, it's all up to the coach and, and to your own performance. So, um, yeah, that was that was a, that was a tough one for me, though. Did you watch the games then? Yeah. Like, did you watch? 
<laughs> yeah, I did. And, I, and honestly, I was torn, you know, it's tough. Like on one hand, you know, you're like, you know, you're going to think you made a mistake and I wanted to be there so bad and stuff. So you don't want the team to like go out there and crush it. But at the, at the same time, you know, you're still an American and you such, you want the team to do well. And, and it's so important for soccer in general here in the U S so um, yeah, I was a little torn for sure. But, you know, as the tournament went on, um, you know, I was definitely rooting for them to do well. Yeah. What an interesting experience. Um, not many, I mean, obviously only what, six, seven other guys can say they've, you know, for every cycle have that experience of being so close. Um, what's it like? Uh, I mean, so now you've gone on to play, you know, you, you play another six seasons after that, have a lot of success. Um, I, I guess maybe talk a little bit about Atlanta because I mean, I mean which is, I don't, I guess you can't subject. skip it. Sorry, yeah, you brought up the bad subject, Ben. Bring up the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Michael. <laughs> no, no, not at all. It's it's part of the process. Um, yeah, I was I was lucky to land in Atlanta. I wanted to finish my career here in Columbus. My family loved living here. That's why I'm back here right now, living in Columbus. Uh, we we set down roots and bought a house and just loved living here. Loved the team and everything. But uh, then. Greg didn't love having me on the team anymore, I guess. So he, he wanted me to trade me, you know, didn't see me. We didn't see eye to eye on my value. And so um, I think that he was okay trading me to Atlanta because Atlanta was an, a, a new team, an expansion team. And they, typically expansion teams have trouble in the beginning having su success. Um and I was fortunate to land there. I didn't, I didn't know it was going to be the behemoth that it is and, you know, the crowds and the atmosphere and the support and, you know, the, the squad that we had, you know, I knew that Arthur Blank was going to commit finances to it and the training grounds and the stadium and everything. But, uh, you know, I don't think anybody involved knew, you know, what it would turn out in those, those three years. Did you get a say in where you went? I had a little bit of say. I, I had told my agent, hey, there's a list of a some teams that I'd want to go to. And here's a list of a few teams that I definitely don't want to go to, um, which is just as important of a list. <laughs> um, yeah, probably more important. <laughs> yes, in some aspect, yes. And I don't, I don't know if Atlanta was on either of those. Well, it definitely wasn't on the the bad list, but I don't know if it was on the good one just because it was an expansion team and, you know, I, I was later in my career, I wanted to win now. And I wasn't sure an expansion team was a, a win now situation. Um, so yeah, uh, when at Atlanta talked to me first before they traded for me. Fair enough. Uh, Atmosphere wise, so, is that the best place you played? Yes, definitely. I mean, it's, it's incredible there. I mean, even on a Tuesday night, you're getting 40,000 fans and it's, it's loud. It's really, really awesome to play in front of, you know, it's, I saw like the evolution of MLS, you know, going from new England back in 2005 and six and stuff where, you know, it's sparse crowds and um, in a massive stadium to then playing in Atlanta where, Anytime they opened up the full stadium, we sold it out and there were 70,000 and it was so loud and what an atmosphere and everybody's standing the whole time. Uh, so, yeah, and it really you know, culminated in the, the championship in 2018 where 
the atmosphere there was probably the best atmosphere I ever played in front of. Um, you know, so it was, it was an awesome night. It's funny to think about you, uh, being a rich rookie, probably living in your parents' basement, uh, <laughs> or, or wherever it's a, then, you know, you're living in Atlanta and you probably can't even walk down the street without people recognizing you. Yeah, that was honestly the first time in my career where it was, it was to that extent where, Anytime I was out and about, people recognize me and, um, and there were, and people are, are really cool about it for the most part. And it doesn't really bother me at all. And, you know, people just want to say hi, you know, every now and then take a picture and autograph and stuff. But yeah, in Atlanta, it was, it was there and it was a lot. And it was awesome to see, you know, like I said, how far MLS has come because, you know, when I was in New England, I mean, my picture could have been on a billboard and anywhere. And yeah, I still would have been able to walk around and nobody recognize you or anything like that. Um, so yeah, it, it's come a long way. Pretty crazy to think about. Um, so you, you sort of wrap things up in Atlanta where you did won the Campiones cup, which is a pretty sweet thing to, even though it's like a, you know, a smaller thing, it's not something that a lot of uh, American teams have had success at. I know when we've talked to Jeff about it, he says that that's one of the things that he was most, uh, you know, maybe not like most proud of, but like a, just a cool thing for to have been a part of. That's because he scored a banger in the championship. <laughs> <laughs> I do recall that. He said some of those teams, though, like you're going toe to toe with some like really strong, you know, Central American, South American teams. Yeah, that was a really awesome game to watch. I was on the bench for that game and I, I remember watching it thinking, man, this is such a high intense, high level uh, played game. It was back and forth. So open, you know, nobody, everybody cares to win, but not so much a championship game where, you know, sometimes it's a little defensive. No one wants to make that mistake, but this was just kind of a game where it was like two boxers just going punch, 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 punch is going back and forth. So um you know, so it was, it was fun from the spectator viewpoint, which is exactly what they were looking for um, when they put together this tournament. So, yeah, I think that's going to be something that stays for a while. I know that they're, they're looking to take advantage of, you know, the Mexican viewership and see how they can intertwine MLS. But uh, that was an awesome competition for us to win. Super cool. So what's it like now? Like, what, what are you doing with your life? You picked a good time to retire because you didn't have to go through a pandemic season. I know. Honestly, I, I did for sure. I mean, I, that was rough to see those guys, what they were going through last year and talking to guys and all the testing and all the protocols and the change of schedules and flights and all this stuff. It's, you know, I know that they're getting paid some decent money, um, you know, particularly the other guys in other sports, you know, so much more than MLS, but, um, you know, it's, it's a sacrifice. I mean, for everybody to try and stay healthy and not get each other sick and, and all that. Um, so yeah, I was honestly, I didn't miss playing, you know, watching these guys and what they had to go through and hearing what they had to go through. Um, so it was, it was nice in that regard for me because at no time last year was, was I regretting my decision to retire. If anything, I was like, man, I made the right choice. Like thankful, thankful I'm done. Uh, so yeah, done, done with that. And now I'm uh, living up in Ohio and uh, working for a tech company in the soccer world, which is something new for me. Um, you know, and then soon will be part of a USL um, ownership group in Rhode Island. So that'll be awesome. And then just doing some little things here and there on the side. Sounds exciting. 
Yeah, it's talk about talk about why we're here, Chad. I mean, I think that's like the the mini pitch initiative is uh, pretty cool out there out in Rhode Island, and obviously it intertwines well with your uh, your USL investment. Yeah, I mean the the mini pitch initiative out in, in Central Falls is with Project Goal, and you know I've been working with them since I was a, a pro in New England. It gave me an opportunity to give back to kids. You know, about five minutes from where I grew up um, and you know they're an awesome organization what they do with the kids after school and, and helping them with their work and then they get the opportunity to play soccer and I remember going down there and, and playing soccer with them indoors and kicking it around and stuff so I, I've stayed in touch with uh, Project Goal you know throughout my career and been able to stop by every now and then and, and donate here and there uh, so you know, when this initiative came up, it was a no brainer for me to get involved. And I'm just glad that it worked out that we we're able to raise the money, um, you know, to get it done because it's, you know, it's, it's awesome that these kids are going to have actually some decent um, field space to play on now um, outdoors. You know, I, I know they've, they've got an indoor gym, but uh, to be outside and get the fresh air and um, you know, do that. So it's, it's awesome. And I'm glad I was a part of it. And then, yeah, with the USL team coming into town, soon um it was an opportunity for for us you know as a usl ownership group to get involved and, and give back to the local community right away and you know that's something that myself and brett really wanted to do brett johnson the other owner and um you know it worked out well that uh, we could commit some finances to to help get that done so are your folks still in rhode island or are you gonna be uh you gotta have a basement apartment there so you can just you know <laughs> pop into tf green and buzz over something like that yeah i mean it's definitely one of the perks of of you know the usl team being in rhode island and me being a part of it is uh get back home every now and then and, and see the family and my sister's uh, down in rhode island as well and uh so be able to see some family while while i'm in town for some business sounds I like think you'll be able to go play on the mini pitch too i look forward to it someday you know I, Shoot, I, I need to get out and run a little bit and touch a ball every now and then so these little kids don't embarrass me too bad. That's kind of the good thing with the futsal, right? You don't have to cover a lot of ground because it's a little bit smaller and, yes. and the older guys don't have to run as much. Definitely. That was one of the keys to my entire career was cover as least ground as possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Read the game. Um, what are you doing with your uh, that sort of like – like you putting all your competitive energy and all your soccer energy into work um, or how do you, how's that been scaling that back? Yeah. I mean, right now, yes. Um, I, I hope to, I don't know yet. Um, I hope to stay involved with my, my sons and daughters teams, you know, and help coach their teams, whatever it be, baseball, soccer, lacrosse, you know, whatever else they get into. Um, I'm, I'm golfing a lot or when it's not snowing, um, I'm golfing as much as I can. So, you know, but soccer wise, I don't see myself playing in like an over 30, over 40 men's league thing. Um, you know, I, I think I'm done playing soccer competitively unless every now and then I'll play like a charity thing or something like that. But um, my body feels, you know, really, really good for the first time in a long time um, where I don't have, consistent aches and pains waking up uh, and so i'm enjoying they'll, that they'll, they'll come back don't worry <laughs> <laughs> well i'm going to enjoy the years where you know where i can get them 
So uh, your uh, your kids play soccer? Yeah, my son, my daughter had played when she was young. She's 10 now. And she was one that gave it up and would go to my games in Atlanta and bring a book so that she could entertain herself. That's great. Uh, is, is your, your son, son still play? My son, he was playing in, up until the pandemic. And then we had had him out in the fall and then we were getting them signed back up right now to get ready for the, the spring. And he told me he wants to just play baseball. So yeah. So no soccer this spring, which is fine because it's halfway through the year or whatever. Um, so yeah, he's going to do baseball and we'll see in the, we'll see in the summer and the fall if he wants to get back into it, but I'm not going to push him. I don't care. I, I loved baseball. And you know, as long as he's staying active and doing something, it's fine. Do they, yeah, I'm just curious. I had a couple of kids. They, how do they like you? You, they want you to be a coach. Do they say, Hey, dad, watch. What is that? Uh, what's that dynamic? Like in the yeah. Parkhurst house? I don't, I don't know yet. Honestly. Um, I haven't had the opportunity really to coach yet. Uh, I couldn't really commit to anything while I was playing. Um, and then I was going to be my son's baseball, you know, one of the assistants of his baseball team, right. You know, right before the pandemic started, um, you know, but I was just like a third assistant type guy. I was just helping out when I needed. So um, I think they're all right with it because I know my role as far as I don't really want to coach my own kid. Like if I'm out there, I'll give a lot of pointers to all the other kids if I can and stuff. But, you know, my, my own kid, like, you know, this other coach can help coach them because as I've learned through this pandemic and teaching, uh, <laughs> they view you as a parent and nothing else. And so don't try and tell, tell them what to do on a soccer field. Don't try and tell them what to do in school. Uh, I think that'll be, that'll be better for everybody. Yeah. We had some good battles as I was the teacher for a lot of the time and it was interesting. Yeah. Mr. S Mr. S runs a strict ship from what I understand. <laughs> do they have to call you Mr. S during school hours. That's, that's the joke. So yeah, <laughs> that's great. I should I should have implemented that. It would have helped. It's <laughs> giving you some authority. Exactly. <laughs> Which I had none of. Of course not. Well, so um, we don't want to keep you all day, but um, one thing that we've been uh, doing to kind of wrap these chats up with everybody, it's been kind of fun, is to have them uh, name their five-a-side squad that they're going to line up with on the mini pitch. And in this case, in Central Falls, uh, whenever that so happens to be, who are you calling to be on your, uh, your five side team? And so we've, gosh, we've said, you know, we made Jeff pick like his, his basically his top five rev revs teammates. Um, gosh, um, do we do the same thing for you or what do how, where, or do you want to go all, all career? What do you think, Steve's Mr. Just S let it, uh, let him pick. Yeah. Okay. Park you're up. All right. Well, I think, and, you're on this you, you have to play it so it's really only four people just oh darn for... okay um <laughs> <laughs> all right uh man that's tough i think shalry joseph is in my four for sure shalry joseph is a revs legend he was an absolute baller probably the best player i've ever played with so he I is... got to play pickup with him once and it was like the best day of my life <laughs> such a good dude too um yeah she was he was a beast i mean this guy played in turf shoes most of the time in mls and, 
And like in, in train the one pickup game I played with him, he was wearing like basketball shorts down past his knees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Sean Joseph is on the team. Uh, uh Joseph Martinez is on the team. Uh Darlington Nagby. And uh <clears throat> I'll say Man, it's tough to get another Revs guy. I'm thinking either Twelman or Dempsey. It's that's really tough. Um, are you going? Uh, are you going sweeper keeper? Then it sounds like no goalkeeper. Oh, yeah. Do I need a goalie? Yeah, I don't, I don't that's know. A, it's yeah, tactic, yeah. isn't it? No, it sounds like I don't have I don't have room for a goalie in this team. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <love> Maurice. <laughs> yeah, I love Maddie. I actually, yeah. If, I've played with some great goalies and, and love the goalies. We've always had good relationships with the goalies, um, but nah, not in this team. Um, so, yeah, That's I, don't know. I guess I'll go with Taylor. Goalies are a different breed, so it's good you got good relationships with them. Yeah, they are. They they are definitely a different breed. Um, I guess you have to be a different type of person, different type of mentality when you're willing to stand there and take a shot off the face from four feet away. Not, not my cup of tea. <laughs> Seriously. But did you say Taylor Twelman got the last, uh, the last? Yeah, yeah. Twelman got the last spot. That was a tough spot because Miguel Almiron could have been in there. Um, Dempsey. No, oh, we got a visitor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is the first time the cats made an appearance. <laughs> yeah, so I think that that'd be my team. Right on. Well. Uh, Compared to, I think everybody else, you you kind of came came to it pretty easily, right? He just rattled right off. For somebody that can't remember names, he did well. Thank you. I have had that question before, so I kind of knew like roughly where I want to go. Um, I change it up every now and then with a player or two, but it's it's tough. I was forced to take a goalie once, and I didn't like that. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, Michael, thanks again for taking the time to chat with us. Um, we're excited to, you know, whenever uh, we get this grand opening happening, I, I imagine we'll find ourselves there, hopefully um, maybe down at like hot club for a beer afterwards or something. And uh, you know, maybe we'll get to play on that play a little five side before. So anyway, thanks again for all your help and um, yeah, good luck. I, yeah. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Thanks for, thanks for the help with the, uh, the initiative there in Rhode Island. I know it's going to make a big difference. And uh, so appreciate what you guys have done for that. And yeah, looking forward to uh, hopefully getting out there and, and playing with you guys at some point. We can, we can all see how many Megs we get and get Megs by these uh, little kids who are way better than you think they're going to be. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Well, uh, good luck with uh, all the new business endeavors and we'll look forward to, to chatting with you again soon. Sounds good. Thanks guys. Thanks. Thanks. All right, Steve's good chat. How you doing today? You feeling good about that? Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, interesting too. We've never, at least I've never met him or talked to him, so it was it was good, interesting. He has some good stories, good personality. Yeah, we're uh, we're lucky guys. I bet you there's not that many people that have interviewed him. Maybe I don't know, probably more than I'm giving <laughs> the world credit for. <laughs>
<laughs> Let's go back to me not talking the intro outro and let you do the, the leading here. I was going to say, for everybody that doesn't know, we usually do the intros and outros kind of together after our interview. And it took us a few tries because Ben had a shocker during the intro and clearly nothing's it's gotten better. He's fixing his hair. So if you want to see what his hair looks like now, check us out on our YouTube channel which is a good little segue that's right good segue see search kick it forward on youtube we're on twitter kfs underscore soccer and then kfsoccer.com and all the all their social media channels yeah um then i mean stay tuned for uh central falls mini pitch project goal and all the partners out there right on seems good stuff thanks for bringing it home we'll see you next time mm -hmm.